HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil them rhythm and blues that's him. It's gonna get you sun in the air. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm David Bolte. My name is Souther Teague. Hi, Souther. Hey, buddy. What's up, man? Not too much. Um... <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of nothing. Great the, show so the far. Weather, <laughs> the, the weather is got me a little freaked out. It's seventy degrees right now in Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, are we happy about that? I am. I'm. I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, as, what's your as problem? One, I just, yeah. <laughs> I just feel like we've broken the weather, Dave. We did that a long time ago. Yeah, there's true. no turning back. I, I, I totally agree with that. I just, I guess, I didn't really notice the impact. Until yeah. until recently, especially, I love it. Especially today, when I woke up and it was seventy degrees. More tanks in Bushwick. That's the impact. Yep. <laughs> More tanks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I love it. I'm as one who rides motorcycles often. I really dig it. But it also means that this summer is probably going to be like one hundred and thirty degrees every day. Right, and that's maybe what I'm not looking forward <laughs> to. Uh, how's your week been? It's Mine's good. been busy. Yeah, same. Busy. Super busy. Yeah. Had my friend uh, Amanda Womack in town. Oh, yeah. She lives in San Francisco. Um, she represents one of your favorite brands, Jägermeister. That's right. And, uh, yeah, she was in town uh, visiting, uh, doing some work stuff with our buddy Willie Shine, who was on the show about a month ago, mm-hmm. uh, talking about Jaeger. And, um, yeah, just a blast. She uh, she and I worked together back in the day at Linnell's down at Red Hook, the famed the infamous Linnell's LTD, um, and she's been out there for a while, and uh, yeah, good to catch up. Um, what about you? What's been busy? Mainly just, uh, you know, the grind. Writing, writing your uh, your book on your phone. Indeed, there's <laughs> there's that, yeah. Uh, well, that's that's actually kind of a big part of it, and then the second part, of course, is just the, the grind that is uh, running the bar, um, and it's just been a busy time. Uh, I, I think it's this, again, this kind of like, Unexpected spring-like weather. Yeah, 
We've been slammed. Makes people thirsty. It's like a holiday weekend, too. I mean, oh, that's right. Yeah, it was President's Day. I kind of forgot about that because yeah. we got crushed. Because what is President's Day? Right? I don't know, but it's a day people like to drink, apparently. Yep. Especially with the current president. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Past President's Day. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, there we go. Let's, <laughs> is that what it is? Past let's President's Day. Past President's Day. I see. Um, anyway. <laughs> well, well, speaking of San Francisco, our guest today is here all the way from San Francisco. We got in the studio with us Maggie Hoffman, author of One Bottle Cocktail. One Bottle we, Cocktail. Which we have a copy of in our hands right I'm now. Welcome to the studio. Yeah. Thanks. Glad to be here. Yeah. yeah. Great to have you. So, actually, you lived you lived in New York before. Yeah. And then you moved out to San Francisco, what, like five or six years ago or something? Yeah. Something like that. Cool. What whatever made you leave New York City? <laughs> well, I kept my job, so that made it easier to leave. Oh, nice. I was at Series Eats, which was based in New York, and I just kept it and moved west to the sun and permanent springtime. Had a child, and now I stay home. Awesome. <laughs> no, now I write cocktail books. Um, <laughs> yeah. And this one is coming out real soon. Yeah, what's, oh, the, what's it's the not drop? out yet. No, no, it's not even out yet. Oh, what, cool. What's the drop? Yeah, we, we're lucky. We always, we're always, hey, you know, we're ahead of the curve. Yeah. Yeah, the One Bottle Cocktail comes out March 6th. The One Bottle Cocktail is the name it's of the book. It's going to be a thing, the One Bottle Cocktail. I love so it. Like Simplicity. Mm-hmm. It's like, I always think of that when I'm going camping. It's like, what can I make with one bottle? Precisely. Or yeah. if you're like on vacation somewhere that has a crappy liquor store mm-hmm. and there's a decent grocery store, but you know, they don't. You're not going to find good vermouth in Hawaii or wherever. Right. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> you're not going to find good vermouth in Hawaii. Sorry, Hawaii. Yeah. So this book doesn't have any vermouth and doesn't have any bitters. They got all the just pineapple. Oh, wow. Single spirit. I was wondering about that when we were talking about having you on the show. Um, I was wondering if that meant because I, I was immediately thought of the twelve bottle bar mm-hmm. book, sure. mm-hmm. which is cool. It's got it's like a really cool book actually, um, and it's like set up for it. It's set up for like a home bar. This is set up for like an occasion, almost. Sure. You know, like these are for these. Like I'm flipping through the pages, and they're all like kind of occasional. Lots of like kind of like punchy vibes, mm-hmm. but there's no no vermouth, no bitters. No I mean, it's, vermouth, it's literally no like bitters. one bottle. And the truth is, a twelve bottle bar would actually cost you some money to put yeah. together. And I, my philosophy is sort of like start with a drink you like. Yeah. And in this situation, like you can start with 30 bucks and a good gin or whatever um, instead yeah. of laying out. I don't think people should like have a whole bar cart full of things they don't drink. That's silly. Right. I, I think they should, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm on the fence. Like there are people who should and there are people who shouldn't. Right. right? Those who shouldn't, frankly, are, are us city dwellers. I'm not hosting it in my house very often. Yeah. But if I had a house in the middle of Des Moines, Iowa, I'd probably have a nice sized bar in my house. I mean, if people I have... came over, I could roll it out. I have hundreds of bottles of booze in my house. But still, Humble a bread. thing that was happening to me <laughs> was that all these cocktail books come out, and they're often bar books. There was a moment, especially a couple of years ago, where there were all these bars who were having their book and sharing their recipes. If you love that bar, that's fun to read. But even with a hundred, like the wall of booze in my house, I would find that I couldn't make the drinks because sure. I didn't have precisely... The Amaro they were talking about. Or you didn't have Bitten's ham-infused exactly. whiskey or popcorn-infused. Or the bitter. I, I love PDT, but it, it, <laughs> but that, that book is amazing. It, I think of... I, I mean, think it's more of an inspiration. Exactly. I think yes. of those books as like, you know, I went to the museum and I saw the Magritte exhibit, and on the way out in the gift shop, I bought the Magritte book. I did not, in fact, go home and try and paint a Magritte. <laughs> you're exactly. so right. Yeah, you're so <laughs> like, right. And I put it in the same category as like, oh, yeah, man, I, I have read and will continue to reread chapters from you know tom keller's french laundry book oh that sounds delightful 
Um, drinking cider because it's spring. Why not? <laughs> but we're gonna drink something springy in a minute too. Yeah, too. Um, but you know, but I don't, I don't try and cook Tom Keller's food at home. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you it's, know what I mean, like it's kind of like it inspires me though. I look at those pages. The photos are beautiful. The the, the recipe sounds amazing. Like more of a suggestive like thing. Like oh, well, if, what can I do? You know, the the thing is with a lot of like specialized cocktail books from bars and they're, they're uh, special ingredients. It's like once you do like a certain infusion, you kind of want them to have like. Like, like whenever you'd get a box of Legos when you were a kid, and then you would have the thing, and it would you could make a car with all the pieces, and then you like open up the thing, and it gives you suggestions on other things that you can make with the same Legos, right? Same amount, same shapes, and all that. Yeah, it's like you kind of want that from if you're gonna throw in like, all right, you've got this crazy like ghost pepper infused tequila, you know? It's like, I mean, obviously that's that kind of easy to use in a bunch of different applications because everyone's everyone likes spicy tequila drinks but kind of want to be like you know what show me like five things I can do with this one thing instead of just like the one thing sure and then I got a plug and play a, a weird thing sitting around on my bar so plug and play. well there's actually a chunk in the book that, that alludes to that too but let's not put the cart before the horse okay yeah sorry <laughs> let's back up a little yeah. and say so you left New York City five years ago you were working for Serious Eats what were mm-hmm. you doing for them and how did you get into this field in general you started as a writer. You started as a drinker. Uh, well, those you were a drinking writer. You were a writing drinker. Graduated from college. I was working in publishing. My poetry instructor from college hooked me up with a job at Ferris Strauss and Drew, which is one of the old publishing houses. Um, and publishing was less creative than I thought it would be. And I wasn't great. I was in the design department eventually, and I wasn't a fantastic cookbook designer. And I love cookbooks, so I started writing and eventually reached out to Series Each, which was young at the time, and they didn't have a beer writer at the time. And I said, I'm from Portland, therefore qualified. Sure. <laughs> yeah, just by proxy, right? Because, yeah. again, this is five, six years ago. They were probably still... They this were... was in 2009. Yeah, it was oh, early. early. Wow. Oh, crazy. And they said, so okay, Portland, how about every week? That well, was it. That was the interview. I'm from Portland. I like beer. And they said, how about every week? Wow, that's amazing. Those were the days in blogging. <laughs> right, and at that, at that time, Portland was still holding the mantle of like most most uh, microbrews per capita, mm-hmm. right? I think, I think San Diego is okay. taking it over now. But So at first I wrote about beer, and then I wrote about wine, and there were lots of great people writing for Serious Eats at the time that I sort of got to know. And after a while, they said, I said, you should really have a drink section. And they said, great, come on and start it. And so at the time, there was just one blog, and we decided to launch this drink section. And Paul Clark of Imbibe was already oh, yeah. writing about cocktails Cocktail for the site. Chronicle. And I brought in a bunch more people. Michael Deach, who wrote Shrubs and Whiskey. Um, so I got to work from with Chicago. these great cocktail writers, and I learned a lot from them. And I was making the drinks in the <laughs> office uh, so we could photograph them. And so I was tasting and reading and editing and got really interested in it. And I loved going to bars and interviewing people and, and talking to people. And I, I still write about wine. I still write about beer. But I, got to, I was really having fun with the cocktail stuff. Um, and so eventually I was writing more of those interviews and sort of became the person who did that for the site. Um, and I was there for six years or so. Um, and when I left a little while back, it was because lots of things were going on. But one of them was that I wanted to write this book. And um, it actually was inspired. Wait, how, how, I'm sorry. How long ago did you leave? Uh, uh, mm, a year and a half, two years. 
years? I'm losing track of time. Close to two years. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I actually, I went, how it happened was, I met up for drinks with Emily Timberlake, who is an editor at 10 Speed and has edited a lot of great cocktail books. She did the Smuggler's Cove book and um, Robert Simonson's books, and she's sort of a go-to. And we met up for drinks. I'd never met her before. We ordered a drink I assumed was a punch bowl, but it turned out to be a pineapple with two straws. Romantic. So we got yes. very close very quickly. <laughs> She's amazing. And I thought we would just talk about the books that she edited and how I could write about them. And she said, you know, I, she was jealous. She was like, I'm jealous of your like web publishing where you can just have an idea and publish it. In book publishing, your idea still has to seem at least a little bit cool two years later. And I said, well, you know, they're really not that different. When you look on the backside of a website, you see that the actual traffic is mostly to posts that are old. And your backlist is still valuable. And so the goal is to find stories that you can write that people are going to Google and stories that are going to be evergreen and people are going to look for them every year and sort of things that are going to be useful later, even two years later. And she said, like, what? And I said, like, 10 drinks to make with a bottle of gin and a trip to the grocery store. And she said, that's a book. How quickly can you write it? <laughs> wow. That's, that's how, how it happened. <laughs> like, just sort of like instant kismet or whatever. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. You just throw a bunch of words out there to people and then you get jobs. It's fucking wild, man. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so I wrote it in 12 weeks. This book. <laughs> yeah. other um, where's your book, man? <laughs> Jesus Christ. 12 weeks. Well, I had a young child at home, so I also was... Oh, so it slowed you down. On, like, no, I was on a very <laughs> tight... You're going to crack it out in three. <laughs> this is, it's very common. People with young children will say, like, well, I knew I had one hour to accomplish whatever I needed to accomplish. And so you just do it because you know there's no other time. And so it, it's, it forces you. There's no procrastination. Yeah. You just like, it's like, has it happened? They are out at the playground for one hour, find a drink and make it and put it in the book. And, and your face. And your face. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that's changing my opinion about maybe I need a kid. <laughs> Probably not. Southern. I, you are a kid still. <laughs> um, uh, that's like, true. I really like the layout of the book. I mean, like you, you, you separated by you know the base spirit, which is kind of an obvious way to go. But um, there's, it's it really is. It's like it's cool. It's just it's just the one bottle, and also the, okay, the photography also. Well, the is thing I, I mean, the, when I it is beautiful. Yeah, it's very bright and color. It looks very. Uh, it, it it feels very summery. Well, it yeah, it, it's kind of like it, festive. Every bit, one of them a is bit like season defying, maybe. Yeah. And to me, that's like I was saying before. I like the idea of the the one bottle like cocktail because it, it's kind of like one of those things where like you could like make one of these like with a quick trip to like you said the grocery store and uh, the liquor store, and then go to the freaking park and you've got like one bottle and you could actually make the cocktail at the park or on the beach or like when sure. you're camping, you know. It, it, and it's like it, in these like festive environments, like having a like a cookout or whatever. It lends itself to some easy mobility, whereas like yeah. half the drinks that you and I produce for our bars would not be so easy to right. just travel. But also there's a lot of... Uh, I want to talk about the photography for a second because I... You're a very visual learner. I am a visual learner. Um, <laughs> Kelly Paleo is a goddess. It's so good. And I, I'm really drawn to it because there's so much copper in all these photos. Oh yeah, that's your copper. jam. Yeah, I love copper. 
Uh, there's like golden copper bar tools and like rimmed glasses and and shakers and stuff. And it's like, I don't know. I just think that like there's these uh, like you said, like it's very warm. And when you have like stainless steel or even silver, it kind of like falls cold, you know. And I don't know. That's why it's another reason why I've been using so much copper lately. It's just it's warm, and uh, so it's good good choices. And uh, also the glassware is stunning as well. Yeah, and that's something you can't really do at uh, too many bars. Have like vintage. And, I know. Like, you know, that's uh, like I feel like all the photographs in, in a lot of books that we've been seeing lately have all these beautiful glasses, and I'm so kind of like jealous. Not just for Mori Margo, which is is very like yeah. Mori Margo's like tough, and like we have two glasses, and they're made to you know you can bounce them on the concrete. I think it's yeah, but, like, exactly. I like those. De- when I went to like Banza Bar, oh my god, I fell in love with all the glassware there. I mean. The cool um, thing about it is it also translates to who's going, I feel like, who's going to be making these drinks. A lot of them are going to be made at home because of, like, the accessibility of it. Yeah. Like, this isn't, like, when you see, like, a bar's cocktail book, like we were talking about before, they'll have, like, photographs of, and I'm guilty of doing it because I love awesome glassware. It's, like, our, the Grand Army uh, Instagram account is full of, like, antique, like, crystal glassware and stuff like that. <laughs> and you come to the bar, you'll get a nice glass, but it's not going to be that. It's not going to be one of them. Be yeah. one of them. Um, <laughs> Those are locked away in the cabinet. Yeah, exactly. But uh, so this actually translates to something that is very obtainable to the person who's making these drinks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we are at the halfway mark, so we should take a quick break to hear from our sponsors here at Heritage Radio Network, and then we'll come back and we'll keep talking to Maggie Hoffman. And I'm going to make us a drink make from a drink. the book that I made for the book. Cool. <laughs> she brought all the junk for my cocktail. It's on page 65. We'll be right back. All right. <laughs> Super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. And we're back. You're listening to the Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. In the studio, we have author Maggie Hoffman. And I think Souther's about to... He's doing it. I'm making us a drink. Sorry, I'm making us a drink. It's on page 65 of her book, The One Bottle Cocktail. And that's literally what it is. One Bottle Cocktails with other stuff. Um, Tell us about this cocktail, Souther, won't you? Or Maggie? Um, Yeah, let's let Maggie talk. It's a show about her, not me. Well, so I actually think Souther may have been the source of one of the things that I really am proud of in the book, which is... Oh, well, you're welcome. He uh, sent me this drink and was like, one of the cool things about this drink is that it's very flexible. 
it's a really refreshing summery drink with lime, and you throw the whole spent shell in, um, and aloe juice. Easier cleanup, I think. Yeah, and it's aloe juice and lime and sparkling water. Aloe juice is at Whole Foods or whatever. And he made it with tequila, but it turns out it's also awesome with gin, and it's really good with rum. So at the back of every chapter, you can find more drinks to make with another spirit, because at some level, the drinks are like... It's almost like a, you've made a fresh drink mix, and you can pair a number of different spirits with it. And then you fortify it. Yeah, exactly. Pair the thing you like the best. And that, that, I was going to mention that before the break, but I, that's when I said I thought we were getting a cart before the horse. Yeah, at the end of every chapter, there's a, a blurb that says, uh, what, what's it say? I don't have the book in my hand. Bonus drinks. Bonus drinks, yeah. Where uh, at the end of each, like at the end of the vodka chapter, it says, you know, try try some of these vodka drinks that we've listed here or, or with other with other spirits or the other way around right it says more there are other spirits drinks that, yeah there are other rum. there are other cocktails in the book that could easily be made with vodka or there are other cocktails in the book that could easily be made with gin and so i had to test them all out which ended up like <laughs> hard work it's good work if you can get it multiplying the days this whole project took um but so the best swaps <laughs> are in this bonus drinks chapter so it gives you you know if there's like eight drinks in the rum chapter and then here's eight more it gives you about twice as many drinks to make with that bottle so you should be getting to the bottom of the bottle by then. Sure. And then, you know, again, it's inspiration, right? You don't have to be tied down to exactly what the recipe says. Um, oh. uh, yeah, that's for you. Um, to, to, to make it work, you know, this cocktail, as I'm sipping on it right now with our, you know, with David and I have promised to build a bar in here and we've started, but we, we haven't got it all complete yet. So this is a pretty rudimentary build on this drink. We don't have enough ice. We don't have a tall enough glass, but it's still refreshing and delicious. I didn't measure anything. Um, but this drink could have some other substitutions as well. You know, this would be equally refreshing. We're making it with gin right now, uh, but it, it, it could be equally good with, with tonic instead of with uh, uh, just mm-hmm. seltzer water or with even, you know, uh, like a Jaritos grapefruit would be great with this aloe and tequila. You know, there's like Tam- a, the tamarind Jaritos with the aloe be. Oh, man. With the tequila. Dude. Tamarindo. Um, yeah, and I also I think it's uh, I I uh, you know when you reached out to me I tried to be like okay well if I've only got one bottle to work with then I'm gonna try and work with at least one, one ingredient that maybe folks are not reaching for on the regular so I chose aloe juice mm-hmm. which is very common where I'm from in Florida people drink it all the time but I don't see it a lot on menus and it's really yeah. refreshing and I, I feel like I hate to I hate those folks who say like oh my god I'm dry, I'm drinking a healthy cocktail. I don't feel like that, but I do feel like just aloe juice on its own is doing something good on my insides. If aloe, if, if the aloe juice on my hands makes my hands feel better, then I'm sure that aloe juice <laughs> in my stomach is making my stomach yeah. feel better. I used to make aloe hitos at uh, Burning Man <laughs> ten years ago, and it was like the best thing because it was like mint and aloe, yeah, and rum, and it, it was super refreshing. But it was also like, all right, everyone's on drugs. Let's do something healthy for once. Anyway, it is very refreshing. It is. <laughs> yeah, even just like I said, even just built with with uh, you know room temperature products and not enough ice, but it's still something we're going to sit here and drink and enjoy while we keep talking. Of course, about this, this book. Yeah, and uh, whatever else you have going on out there in San Francisco, what else is going on? Well, I'm working on another book that sort of. And you shocked me when you told me that out there because this is your first book and it's not even out. It's not even out. <laughs> you can order it now, though. That's right. Right. Uh, the the second book sort of comes at the challenge of cocktails at home from a different direction. I feel like I'm not a bartender. I'm not pretending to be a bartender. What I do is taste people's drinks. I, I am of, pretending to be a bartender. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I collect people's drinks that I think are awesome and I share them and I try to, you know, give some attention to people who 
live all over the country and to women bartenders and to just more people that aren't already in all the books. But, um, but I think people at home need drinks that make life a little bit easier. And so in this case, it's that you don't have to run around town trying to track down some rare liqueur. Um, and the second book is all pitcher drinks. So you don't have to shake to order. And when you have friends over, it can be already taken care of. Sometimes it's a swing top bottle that you have in your freezer that you can just pour. Um, and so that's the idea. And also maybe you'd buy something special. Maybe you buy a fresh bottle of vermouth if you're going to use half of it. Um, so that's the idea. No one else knows this. That's the first time I've said this to anyone. Well, um, we've scooped them. <laughs> so that's coming out next year. Is there, is there a scoop noise, Dave? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Think, think about it. We'll get back to you. We scooped them. Um, um. <laughs> that, that's cool. Did you? Did you? Make, man, what's what's the, ti- what's nice the timing, title bro. of the book? Yeah, your your timing's amazing. The title's still in progress. Timing. timing. <laughs> Uh, the, uh, okay, so title's the, still in progress, no but, but the book will come out next year. Um, also from Ten Speed Press. Amazing! That's like, like so they have enough faith in you already, even though this book hasn't sold a copy yet. Uh, there have been some signs of interest. Some people are excited about this book. It should be. It's cool. It's you know it's different. When uh, Jeffrey Morgenthaler did a blurb for it and said this book puts a culinary cocktail in everyone's hands, and I hadn't really been thinking it about it that way. But I think one of the cool things about the book that may not be apparent until you really get in is that there's a lot of savory drinks. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of drinks with celery and cilantro and sort of ingredients that most people at home wouldn't associate with cocktails. Like, this is not a book of spiked lemonade. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's like kind of the, you go to the refrigerator and it's like stuff that you had mm-hmm. that you were using to and there's a, with and a lot of tea because a lot of people are using that for sort of the tannin or the bitterness. Sure. Um, to build a drink that tastes like a modern drink. These aren't just spike juices. The idea is that the people have sort of built the cocktail experience without the ingredients. And of course, there were bartenders who basically said, screw you. It's not a cocktail if it's just one bottle. Oh, the nerds. The nerds. <laughs> the nerds come out of the woods, man. And I think... That's totally fair, and a lot of people don't work with these fresh ingredients behind the bar because, you know, one kiwi could be more sour or sweet than another. Like, that is a danger. Um, But for me, the goal was to find things that could stand in for bitters, whether it's marmalade or tea or whatever. Radicchio, there's a drink with radicchio. Well, yeah, the other day on on the old Facebook, a friend from across the country... Well, it's Lindsay. I'm going to say who it is. I was thinking, should I call her out or not? Lindsay Madison, who used to work at Amore Margo, the House of Bitters, yeah? And she w- was writing that she she just made a little self-defacing sort of like post where she said, uh, I have to make punch bowls non-alcoholic for a party. And I was banging my head thinking, I can't even use bitters. And then I realized, I can, do so, I can just use all the spices that are in bitters. <laughs> you can get around bitters. If you want Angostura, the flavor is cinnamon and cardamom. You don't mm-hmm. have to have the alcohol if you don't want it. Grab mm-hmm. some cinnamon, grab some cardamom, go to town. And some people at home like, just aren't quite ready to invest in a bar. When you think about, okay, a three-bottle cocktail is a deliciously simple cocktail, and at a bar, it's easy to make. Mm-hmm. At home, if you have, maybe you have gin, but you don't have chartreuse you don't have vermouth you could be spending some money on that drink yeah right and and uh, i think uh for the home user 
that's a, an expense that they may not be willing to uh, incur because what if they don't? What if they, they go up and buy that thing and then they don't like the drink, right? Then it's like, okay, well, I, I invested forty bucks in a drink that I don't like. Just try it at the. Like there's, that, I see what you're about to say, and that's you and me. Like, yeah, I'm like, oh, fuck it, I'll just drink the booze. It doesn't matter. Right? <laughs> no, I wasn't gonna say that. Oh, oh okay. I, I just think <laughs> that's I what think, I was thinking. <laughs> it's kind of veering off, but I think like you know, any time that you're gonna like start building a home bar, it's like you should you go should to a bar start, first. Go to the bar first, and like try try things out and see what you like, and then that's when you start pulling in like Benedictine and Chartreuse and the, like high mm-hmm. ticket items. You know, it's high like, ticket, esoteric, and small usage. Yeah, you know what I mean, like. No one's pounding through a bottle of maraschino, you know, but but it's kind of necessary for a lot of cocktails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I mean, but that's that's here or there. I mean, like that's it's kind of like base level stuff. This is like going back to what you were saying about your second book, but also this one. It I, looking through it, it's all like a lot of fresh ingredients and stuff that I, I never even thought about that. But it's like it, it, you make a good point. It's like there's a lot of stuff that might just be sitting in your refrigerator already that. You know, got delivered from Blue Apron or like whatever. You know, like you picked up at Whole Foods, and you're like, "Why do I have all this cilantro?" You always have too much cilantro, by the way. It's like whenever you get a so bundle, cheap. Yeah. you get a bundle, you get all this motherfucking like cilantro. Leaves. It's like how much, <laughs> how much uh, guacamole am I gonna make this week? You know, it's like right. It's a or you might scale. have like, marmalade and oolong tea, and yeah. then you put it with scotch, and it turns out it's delicious. Like I, you're like, oh wow, I have all this marmalade, and I never eat breakfast because I'm a bartender, <laughs> or like whatever it is, you know, yeah. It's like you have eggs, you could make some, you know, flips and sours and stuff like that. It's like, it's cool. I never really thought about the refrigerator because I don't really cook at home. Same. I mean, I think about it, but I don't do it at home. Yeah. Oh, and like actually, like you're talking about, like kind of like bottled or pictured, you know, stuff. I was just thinking, like, oh, well, we always have batch martinis and Negronis in the refrigerator, but that's what takes up most of the space and in your home <laughs> fridge yeah yeah i mean i almost always have a, a, a well, I, I, well you have strategically placed booze all around your apartment i, I mean do. you always have underberg on yeah. your nightstand you yes. have shower truce yes you follow shower truce in your shower that's correct yeah i've never even been over there <laughs> but you're, you're i called I, me out and i didn't realize it but yes and then also there are two things kind of always in my freezer not always always but kind of always i always have a bottle of vodka people are shocked when they hear that but i like vodka but I don't drink it with anything. Uh, vodka for me needs to be in the freezer, so it's rocket cold without any dilution, so I don't need to add any ice. Yeah. And I, I, I always think of vodka, the mixer is food. So I'll sip on vodka while I'm eating salt and vinegar potato chips. It's amazing. And then also in my freezer, I always have a martini. Like a bottled martini? Yeah. Go ahead or, just, or just a pre-made one that's like in a glass. In a glass. <laughs> you just come home and you Sit open your freezer. They're ready. You're like, oh. Here we go. <laughs> it's time for my evening martini. Honey, I'm home. Uh, no, it's uh, in a bottle. And, and then, of course, usually banging around somewhere is a, is a bottle of whiskey. So I feel like I don't have a lot of booze in my house, but I, I do either. have all of those things. Actually, that's... Uh, right now, I definitely have chartreuse in my shower, Underberg on my nightstand, <laughs> and, uh, and, and martini and vodka in the freezer. And I have a, I have a bottle of whiskey yeah. that I'm about halfway through. When, when I opened my bar, I took... All I had hundreds of bottles. I should be saying this on the air. I, I, I'm sure the SLA is not listening, but I, I took them to my bar. Why wouldn't you? And I don't keep just because it's illegal. Who cares? I don't really keep booze around. Yeah, the house. I don't either. You know, but I, I'll have like one bottle at a time, and that's what's guess cool what? This. <laughs> one There's bottle? a book for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know, and I think that if guys like us who have you know imminent access to all those sorts of things 
are admitting that we don't really keep that much stuff at home, then I have to assume that the, the typical home user doesn't either. So this book makes more sense for that, too. You know, you've got a broad audience that I think is going to really appreciate this book. And I also really think this book is, is uh, what's the word here? Sequelable. Like, I feel like one bottle cocktails, too. Mm. <laughs> well, and there are some spirits that aren't in there. Um, well, yeah, even... There's I, some bartenders I, that don't have cocktails I, in I was there. Reading, I got the book uh, just two days ago, and I was, right I was reading it yesterday, <laughs> to, so I'd have some you know insight on it before we got in here today. Um, and you mentioned in the beginning, none of the cocktails involve things like vermouth um, or fortified wines or amaros. But you could you can make cocktails that just mm-hmm. use a vermouth or a fortified wine or an amaro. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's... Uh, yeah, one bottle cocktails, too, is definitely something you should consider yeah. if this one cracks it out of the park, which I think it will. Maybe. And the 12-bottle book didn't include tequila because there aren't, like, historical uh, drinks with tequila. So, of course, this has a big agave section in there, tequila drinks and mezcal drinks, but it doesn't have Irish whiskey. So that would be another section Mm. that we haven't. So how many of the cocktails in this book are submitted? 100%? All but one. Wow. Yeah. Which one? Uh, I did a drink with... um, Honeydew and cilantro and other herbs. That was just mine. Um, and there was another thing that was a backup, but I didn't need it. I, there were, I talked to maybe a thousand bartenders. What? And I made I about... there were a thousand bartenders. All around the country <laughs> and no, world. And, uh, and I made about 250 drinks. And these, you know, it's a jigsaw puzzle of, well, I already have a blueberry drink or I already have a cucumber drink or whatever to try to make mm-hmm. a variety come together. I don't. Even, I'm not even that organized. I, I, like this is why I don't have a book yet. I, I, <laughs> putting together recipes, I'll be like, "But what about that one? And what about that one?" And then like the whole book would this be all the just job about of, the Manhattan. This it would is be the, just a hundred variations on the Manhattan. This is the job of the editor. Yeah, <laughs> that guy or girl is going to rein you in. I, that's the thing, though. I don't have a boss. In, like in any of my things that I do in life, I don't have. I don't answer to anyone really. So like I, Maverick, but like, that's that's actually like what keeps me like so unorganized, <laughs> right? I mean, you know, I I kind of you know I'm sort of in the same boat, and and weirdly like Carrie Johnson, I know you're probably listening. She's become my boss. It's my assistant that I hired. Exactly. <laughs> she, or there's a writer for she, hire. She thumbs through <laughs> my emails and whatnot, and then tells me what to do. Um, so you wrote this thing in 12 weeks with a kid. <laughs> I've been working on my book for like since October. There's not and, a lot and, and of people writing. Are, and people book. are telling me, that, okay, not for nothing. That's kind of true. Uh, it's uh, a, a little primer in the beginning and then it's... Uh, the main right job the, was the finding the best drinks. Yeah, you made 250 drinks at home in 12 weeks. <laughs> that's the big yeah. hurdle that you overcame. And then the introduction is just like, here's what to expect. Drunkenness. Um, <laughs> how, what, what what was your husband doing on all this time? Was, he goes was, to work. I mean, uh, but did he did he help? Did he have any influence? Did he have anything to say about the cocktails? Was he like this other makes a shitty drink? Sometimes he would taste things later. Though I my philosophy for work now, especially, is to do the thing I most need to do first in the day. And so these fresh drinks, all these citrusy drinks, they don't keep. So he would usually not taste them. He's tasting more in the second. Second book because they're batched. Right on. Hmm. Makes sense. It's like good to have someone to bounce that stuff off of. Oh you know? yeah. Oh yeah. My neighbors are good drinkers. <laughs> yeah. I bet I'm sure they love you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they're excited neighbors to have you. Like, hey Maggie, write more books. <laughs> yeah. 
whatever. So, are, so now you're not working for Serious Eats anymore. You're just freelance uh, yeah. writing for all sorts of folks. Yeah, I'm still writing a little bit for Serious Eats, and some of these recipes will be on there as a preview. Um, and I've done some writing for The Chronicle and for Sever, and who knows what comes next. Right, and how does that work? Do you pitch stuff to them, or do they bring it to you? How does that, which direction does that go? A little bit of both. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, a little bit of both, and you know, it depends what people need, and... I'm working on a piece right now for Sunset Magazine about wine you can take camping because it's in a can. You know, I do all sorts of stuff. I love that. I mean, that's camping wine again. Speaking to the right audience right here. <laughs> There's some great camping ones wine. now. Actually, There's some like really legit winemakers who are canning. Yeah, I, I, I mean, why I, would we always you? just take bags, like the box bag. Oh bags. yeah, of course. Slap that's... the bag. <laughs> slam some rosé. No, sure. Right, right. You, you take the bag right out of the box because yeah. the box is too bulky and you just slam the thing in your backpack and yeah. run a tube. Yeah, man. Like a, what's it called? Like camel pack or whatever? Exactly. Yeah. Basically, These are better. Yeah. <laughs> and Maggie, I brought it up a couple of weeks ago when we had the team from Shaker and Spoon on the, uh, the show um, where they do their, uh, it's kind of like Blue Apron. You subscribe and each uh, month you get a, yeah, I love that sound. Each month you get a, a box in the mail that has the ingredients to make three different cocktails four times each, so 12 cocktails. And you're only responsible to go out and buy the one bottle that accompanies that box. And I told them that you were coming up on the show, and I was like, you guys should do something together. Yeah. yeah. They have yeah. 4,000 4, subscribers. They can put a book in every box. Totally. Um, I am doing a similar thing just in the Bay Area with um, Good Eggs, which is a grocery delivery that for a while was in New York, too. Um, and they have the best produce that's, like, right from the farm. And they do sell spirits, so they can actually make a full box of the, you know, whichever of these drinks. Um, but it'd be fun to do nationwide because... You can deliver produce. Worldwide. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, that's why they chose that model, right? They don't have to... You, if you if you deliver booze, there's a whole other hurdle of, of paperwork to go through. Plus, you can't leave it. It has to be signed for, so there's it's a De- little bit... Well, there's also delivering versus shipping. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. Just talking about, like, local delivery and oh, they're, right. they're shipping yeah, I understood. Uh, right. nationwide. Right, that's the difference. Oh, gotcha. Wow, that's cool. Um, yeah, well, what I'm saying, though, is I just feel like there's so many opportunities with this book, and I feel like it's ripe for writing a sequel. A sequel? Is that what, what, what's it? How do you... Yeah, let's just let's use it. A series. <laughs> a series of one-bottle cocktail books. Um, well, how long are you out here, and what, what are you out here for? Uh, well, I'm out here to hang out at Roberta's and be on podcasts, and... <laughs> uh, and I'm here for the International Association of Culinary Professionals The conference. IACP. I'm familiar with their works. It's a fun gathering of cookbook authors and editors and an excuse to be in New York City. I always like to say, when I was an instructor, chef instructor at the New England Culinary Institute for two years, the IACP, the International Association of Culinary Professionals, rated New England Culinary as the number one culinary school in America. Coincidence? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So I am familiar with their works. I have been uh, lauded by them. Um, you so get you're out here for by everyone. Yeah, so well, shut up. I brought uh, you guys some swag from oh. IACP. Um, some one bottle swag. Oh, nice pins. <laughs> There's a got whiskey and a got gin. Cool. And they have the tiniest little hashtag ever. What's the hashtag? We should know that. Hashtag, hashtag the, the one, one bottle, bottle cocktail. cocktail. <laughs> Cool. 
adorable. So you can put them on your <laughs> jean jacket. I just thought something. Which we so, don't need anymore because it's 70 degrees outside. Yeah. Oh, they're going on there. But um, I was just thinking, I love these pins. Um, and, you know, you always have your I Heart Bitters pins. You should do it. Next time when there's the second book, you should do a shower truce cocktail. And then have got shower truce. I love it. I'm totally in. Totally in. Because I do drink. I do drink. A, what the heck? I do drink a fair amount of chartreuse in the shower. Um, Yellow or green? Uh, you know, I think uh, you go VEP. If, if, we did. I did. Um, I had. A, we did. You in the bottle? Me in the bottle. <laughs> yes. Well, so Natalie, who spends a fair amount of time at my apartment, mm-hmm. um, she saw that I had a bottle of VEP. It was a. Uh, it's still in the little wooden box. Um, yeah. And I was kind of saving it. Although, you've heard me say a thousand times, I'm a consumer, not a collector. Right. But there was something about this one that I was kind of saving because it was a gift. And also, it was a 500 mil. Which I is had the same thing. Unavailable in the United States. We right. don't do 500 mils here. And also, they don't make it anymore anyway. So I was like, I might hold on to this for a while. She opened it right up, put it in the shower. Um, Wait, yeah. What do you mean they don't make it? They don't even make it anymore. VEP? They make, not, not in the 500 mil. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they don't make that size bottle. I was bottle. like, dude, they're not making VEP anymore. No, obviously Whoa. they're making VEP. But they don't make that size bottle right. anymore. So I was yeah. like, I'll hang on to this one for a while. But man, was it yellow or green? And that's what I was about to say also. If you don't say, then it's chartreuse green. It's char- chartreuse is green. It's like yeah. saying green, green. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's like kind tuna fish. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. if you say chartreuse, you mean... Green. It's like an by ATM default. machine. By default, you mean it's an ATM machine. Or a cocktail bar. We don't call it a food restaurant. <laughs> Right, <laughs> or the, you know the cars that roll around here. I, it drives me nuts. All the cop cars in New York say NYPD Police. Yeah, <laughs> so the New York Police Department Police. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you don't say, then it's the green. Okay. How did we get on that trail? Mine's I, yellow. I lost my train of thought. Shower truths. Shower truths. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But so no, yeah, buttons. we can make buns. Yeah. Uh, that would be great. I would anyway. love that. I will absolutely make a cocktail that can be built in the shower. What else did you put in this aloe cocktail? Because we are oh, yeah, right. it's we're too, it's, really trailing off, man. <laughs> we are. Uh, it's a super simple cocktail. We didn't go over it. I guess we should. Um, it's uh, We use uh, some gin that I've never seen before. Pretty cool and tasty. From PM Spirits. From PM Spirits. It's called uh, The Street Pumas. London yeah. Dry Gin. It's got like a comic book motif on the label. Yeah. Nicholas Plus, he's like really lost his mind lately, and I love it. Well, I mean... There's part of me that really likes it, but then, you know, there's that one part of me that wants to be an asshole, right? So what do I say about this? I say, have well... Had, have you had the mic drop whiskey? I don't know that it should have a comic book on the label. It's, well, it's, do you think it's, it's not, appealing to... Exactly. You know what, though? I don't think so. I, I think, like, a lot of kids these days... Kids these days... Yes. They're probably too distracted by their phones to be reading comic books, so it actually appeals to more of, like, our age. Uh, you yeah. might be right. All right, I'll take that. Uh, it's I mean, got we had, we had just uh, for people's parents. Exactly. It's got organic aloe juice, um, uh, and then a uh, 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 half a lime. We just—I literally just squeezed the. Is there any non-organic aloe juice? Yes. Yeah, when I was looking at the label, thinking <laughs> that same thought. Going think, back to, I feel like nobody's out there like mass-producing <laughs> aloe juice with pesticides. No, there's like a aloe magnate like yeah. out there like smoking a cigar, twirling his mustache, like <laughs> yeah, with a monocle. I own you. A top hat. <laughs> um, and then just a half a lime squeezed, and I throw the shell uh, right into the glass because, uh, again, we're not using any bitters in this book uh, and in these recipes. And there's some bitterness from the from the pith and the and the oil that that 
will linger on your tongue a bit. And then, uh, you know, tall Collins glass with ice with seltzer. Super easy, very refreshing. Um, the aloe juice gives it a, a kind of a mouth coating feel, gives it some viscosity and richness. And, uh, it, you know, and again, uh, I think the in the book, I, it's it's called it's in the tequila chapter, right? But but I it's called the sun kissed highball. But I say we can make it with white rum or page sixty five. Page sixty five. Um, yeah, white rum or <laughs> one bottle, the Do one bottle. Yeah, I thought it was one. one bottle cocktails all this time until I just looked at the cover closely and saw the one bottle cocktail by uh, Maggie Hoffman. Maggie, do you have uh, some um, uh, social media you want to plug? Where can we where can we follow your antics? Uh, well, Maggie J Hoffman at everywhere. Um, Maggie J Hoffman on Instagram. Maggie J Hoffman on Twitter. And the one bottle cocktail is the hashtag. I'm on there. Follow it. Cool. Red. We'll do. And do, you have, and, and do you have a, are you still blogging? Do you have a blog site you want to, no, <laughs> blogging is dead. I have a dead. website, but blogging is dead. Buy the book. That's where I am. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course everyone's going to buy the book. If you're going to rush out right now, the, uh, you, you can get it at, uh, uh, on March 3rd, you said? March 6th. 6th, sorry. You can pre-order now on Amazon. I think pre-order it'll be now. in your mailbox on March 6th if you That's do That's how now. it works. Uh, mine has that little button too. Um, so yeah, pre-order it on Amazon or pick it up at your favorite retailer. And then, are you going to plan on doing any kind of a little book tour, or is that in the works? What are you thinking? There will be some events in the Bay Area, so if you're a local, hit me up. Um, and otherwise, I'm mostly hoping to be plugging it on, you know, better podcasts and television shows, and that's better than thing. this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be around. Cool. Uh, Rad. Well, it's been really a, a, a treat for us to have you on. Um, thanks for coming all the way over from San Francisco. Um, yeah, actually, I'm going to be there next week. Are you going to be around? Yeah. Let's get a drink. Excellent. All right, cool. I'm pulling up my calendar. I was so going to can... say, Chartreuse, have you been to drink Chartreuse at the Morris? Not yet. It's pretty awesome. All right, so well, it's been a lot He list. also has great Madeira and donuts. Madeira and donuts go together. But they what? sure as shit do. Wait, what's, <laughs> what's the Morris? Uh, it's in the Mission, and uh, Paul Einbund has this amazing collection of Chartreuse not to drink in the shower. I mean, I mean, why, really, why do you got to put rules on it? The, the, you know, the <laughs> thing I say to people when they ask me about it all the time is like, it's like a spa day every day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just one little sip. I'm not in there getting wasted sometimes. Um, <laughs> but like in the summer when I'm taking a cold shower, a nip of chartreuse in the shower is amazing. In the winter when I'm taking a really hot shower, a nip of chartreuse, like it's, a, it's great. You've got like your mug of chartreuse hot chocolate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like in the shower. Uh-huh. I just I imagine you in the, the shower, shower, and I, I don't really, imagine that. I got I got I can't let's see it now. <laughs> All right, well, uh, great show, y'all. Yes, shows coming up. <laughs> shows coming up in the near future, in no particular order. Uh, Rob Morton's going to be here from uh, Critical Mass to talk to us about making cocktails on incredibly grand scales. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got uh, the team from Attaboy. Sam Ross uh, is going to come in here and talk to us about all the crazy things that he's doing. Uh, Kind of all over now. He's in yeah. L.A., Nashville. He's got two places here in New York. Like, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, yeah. got Rob Dietrich. Oh yeah, Rob Dietrich hands. coming up. Coming up. Uh, yeah. So lots of great episodes uh, still on the horizon. Oh, A.K. Hatta uh, and Jeff Bell are going to come in and talk to us about their new bar in Hong Kong. What? Yes. He didn't tell me about that. That's great. Uh, yeah. Um, going to get get those guys. I was I was actually like just the, like two of the most beautiful people in the world. I know, right? Opening a bar. Two of the most beautiful ladies I've ever had the pleasure <laughs> of working with. Um, 
Jeff Bell is the prettiest woman in the bar business. <laughs> um, when they do the movie, it's Angelina Jolie's going to play him. Uh, but the, so he's just opened. Uh, he's a partner in the new PDT that's in Hong Kong, and he's super excited. And well, he should be. And he's been over there for several weeks. And AK is over there now. And I'd actually reached out to AK. I didn't even reach out to Jeff uh, to say, "Hey, AK, you should come and do the show." And she's like, "Yeah, when I get back." And I was like, "Okay, cool." And then I I was randomly talking to Jeff the other day because he he's in town. And, I was like, I'm going to have AK on. I was like, actually, you should come too. <laughs> so we'll get them both in here at the same time. It'll be fun. Anyway, yeah. lots of cool shows coming up with lots of uh, lots of our, our friends and heroes, uh, which is what we always do here, which is why I so enjoy this this gig. Heck yeah. All right. That's, that's all I got. It's been a great show today. Um, thanks again for coming on the show, Maggie. Um, love the book. Can't wait for it to come out. And uh, again, it's beautiful. I love the idea. I can't wait to... Like, I know it's not even out yet, but I'm really... Looking forward to your second book and your third book and, and so on and so on. Thanks so much. Yeah. So um, I guess that's it for the Speakeasy this week. Uh, tune in to Heritage Radio Network for many more programs like this one. Click on the beating heart to donate to uh, our station, our fair station. And uh, also, if you feel like bringing a bottle by for the uh, our little bar that yes. we're building in the corner. Oh, what a great idea. <laughs> Any, yeah. <laughs> anybody out there who wants to just pop by, we're always here on Wednesdays. We typically arrive around 1 o'clock and have some lunch before we go live on the air at 2 o'clock. You can certainly stop by and yeah. uh, donate out. a bottle to our burgeoning bar. Um, you can say hello to Dave Tatashore, our producer, who's always keeping us uh, in the Foley arts these days. That's me. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> on that note. Yes. Have a great week, everyone, and cheers. Cheers, guys. <laughs> so you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in that rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Ever wonder what kind of podcast Julia Child would have made? Probably would have been one where she introduced you to all of her latest discoveries and favorite people. And that's exactly the tradition we're following on Inside Julia's Kitchen, the podcast of the Julia Child Foundation for Gastronomy and the Culinary Arts. Join me, Todd Schulk, and your host, and the Foundation's Executive Director, as I bring you inside the Foundation's world to meet the bright lights of today's food universe, just as Julia used to do from her own famous kitchen. New episodes air on Heritage Radio Network, Wednesdays at noon Eastern. Listen in.